Why do I keep saying Pobby Shelf? <laughs> I don't know. Hello, and welcome to the Hobby Shelf. This is a podcast where we talk about books, board games, and really just anything we're interested in. This is episode 16, and today we're going to talk about 2020 releases that we're actually looking forward to. I'm Brenna, a freelance editor and an avid reader. And I'm Oren, a fake English major with a concentration in board games. So, Oren, what have you been playing lately? Well, I got Black Angel for Christmas from you, as we mentioned last episode, and we have now played it. Uh, I think we got the chance to play it at least four times? No, I think we only played it twice. Um, I feel like I played it at least three times. Mm. No, just twice? <laughs> I, I, I could have sworn it was more. Um, Black Angel is pretty good. I would, out of ten, give it, like, a seven? pretty good like it's enjoyable it's not mind-blowing i it has a lot of mechanics that i'm really excited about and you're actually gonna see like this is like black angel is the kind of game that i love and you're gonna be able to tell that from the board games that i'm looking forward to coming out except black angel has one problem and i think it's just the fact that it's just quite long like it is it is not an hour game and I think there's a sweet spot in most of that like like that 40 to 120 minute period 120 no yeah, that's two hours no 40 to 90 minute period is like the sweet spot for a board game because it'll often take longer than 90 minutes but once you get good at that game you can really play that game quite quickly you know what i mean well i didn't actually find it that long really like yeah. i only played it once but i didn't find it because sometimes you know you play a board game and you feel like it drags on for a really long time i didn't feel that way with black angel maybe because i was learning but i don't know i thought it was fine I th- no, uh, no, it's a seven. It's still, it's still a pretty solid game. Like I really enjoyed it. It was just, um, there are certain things in the game to me, like the, and I agree with you. Actually, like the flow of the game is not even that big of a problem. It's what is the problem for me? It's the complication of strategy. Like it is, it is such a complicated game that it's just really difficult to actually understand what you are going for, and figuring out what is valuable in that game is difficult. I think. Like my dad, my dad, if he would play that game, he'd be like, what's the value of a point? And I would honestly have no answer for him because like, I think we need to play it more, though, in order to decide what's actually valuable. Oh, we absolutely do. Yeah, 100%. What else have you been playing lately? So other than Black Angel, we've also been playing Everdell and we did get the chance to, I eventually went out and got one of the expansion called Pearl Brook. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This is your game, so why don't you give it a review? Well, I'm not going to give it a review, actually, because oh. our next episode, we are going to go in-depth about Everdell. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. We so. talked about this earlier. I'm just so clustered-brained. Cluster-brained? That's not, that's not a thing. <laughs> scatterbrained? Yes. Scatterbrained is a thing. Oh, gosh. Uh, we do apologize. I, I'm going to take this chance right now to apologize. If the, if the sound right now is very horrible, we did leave our microphone in British Columbia. Whoops. Yeah. And we are currently borrowing our good friend Dawson's microphone, uh, and it does not have a pop filter on it, so we're trying to... If our S's sound really bad, it is because of that, so I do apologize. What have you been reading lately? I have been reading... This year, actually, I only finished one book. It was Before the Devil Breaks You by Libba Bray, which is the third in the Diviners series. Mm-hmm. I read that one because the fourth one actually comes out this year. It's on my list of releases that we're talking about today. So yeah, and I also 
I finished Ninth House, which I really liked. I also finished Ninth House. I think we talked about that you already. You talked about it on the last yeah. episode, but I'm not talking about that either because our next episode is literally a review episode where we're going to go in depth with Ninth House and Everdell. So, yeah. yeah. You know, the Diviners, like, I don't know what it is with that series, but like you talk about it all the time on this podcast. Something about it, it like has a mental block in my brain. I can't remember anything. <laughs> like, I, I don't know anything about the Diviners. I know that it exists. And I know, like, yeah, that's it. I know that it exists. I don't know what happens in it. I can't name a single character from it. Like, I know that you've told me about these things. It's about the people that have powers. The main character's name is Evie. She, in the first book, goes to live at a... With her uncle in New York. Yeah, literally none of this is ringing What if I say Naughty John? That does ring a bell, but Mm -hmm. I honestly cannot tell you what Naughty John does anymore. Naughty John was a ghost in the first one. The second one was all about a sleeping sickness. Do you remember that? Yep. Only because we've talked about it on the podcast. Like, I don't remember a single thing from that book, usually. Like, I, I have to consciously make an effort be like, yes, the diviners. Ah. It's funny to me that you can't remember it. It's kind of frustrating. I don't know what it is. It's just like a mental block, I guess. The third one was pretty good. Um, I think it was maybe a little bit too long. But I think the series has a problem where there are so many characters in it that need page time that it's like, the book almost has to be that long in order to give the right amount to everybody. And in this book, it got, like, the storyline got a lot more broad. It got bigger. Mm -hmm. So, but it's, yeah. I want to know how it ends. I'm not actually that into, like, the paranormal, supernatural aspect of it. I'm more into, like, I don't know. I really like the characters, and I want to know what happens to them. Mm. So, yeah. Cool. Like I said, because of the fact this mental block, like, I don't have a lot to say about it, which is really... Like, that's why it bothers me, because, like, we'll talk about <laughs> it on here. But, like, I'm I'm always like, I feel like I should say something, but... That's okay. We're, we can jump right into our 2020 releases, because I think... <laughs> it's kind of funny, though. So I've been listening to a lot of podcasts lately that have 2020 release episodes. And when it comes to books, there are so many books that get released in a year. It's almost, like, futile to do a 2020 releases, because it's really just, like, these are some of the books that are released in the first few months of 2020 that I... I'm excited for, but there's going to be like a hundred more of them in the next month. Yeah. Well, I don't know if board games are quite the same way. They are, there are quite a few of them that get released in a year. Uh, it almost feels futile to talk about it because I try, I had to try very hard this episode to research and find new board games coming out that were not just, here's the hot board games on board game geek that people are buzzing about. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I did eventually find like, it's, it's kind of difficult to find information about things until someone makes a actual announcement and often when a new announcement of a board game is made, especially one of the ones that I'm going to mention, I feel like there's a lot of buzz about it. We'll see what people think when when they hear the new games. I have reasons for why I picked certain ones, and I have quite a few ones that I don't know very much about because, honestly, the information is just kind of difficult to find. Um, like, for example, like, I, I was looking at the uh, Stonemeyer games. Like, he, he posts uh, a roadmap, I guess you could call it, of 2020. And he has, like, different releases set up for different quarters of 2020. And there are just, like, some things on there that are literally just code names. Like, not not codenames the game. Like, it has a codename Project Sand and Project Cape. And there's another one on there that's just, like, a codename. And it's kind of like, these look awesome. And I'm really excited because I like Stonemeyer Games. But, but I have no information give, about this. Yeah, you can't give anything about it. Yeah. Well, that's even some of the books on my list. Like, books that are being released in May, most of them don't have a ton of information about them. Yeah. Like, because they're not actually... Some of them aren't even finished being edited yet. Yeah. You know, so. Well, you gotta, you want to generate, like, 
in business in general, you just kind of want to generate the hype closer to the release. Like it's a great idea to generate hype beforehand, but it, it you you run the risk of having it die out. Yeah. And that's just not what you want. Yeah. Before it even releases, you know. Well, let's get specific. Do you want let's to Let's get specific. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to talk about the first release you're excited for? Sure, yeah. Well, first off, I'm going to just give a um honorable mention and this is this one is on the list simply because it's on the buzz list. Like it's it's in the hot right now on Board Game Geek and it is called Kemet Blood and Sand. This is actually a really a re-release of an older board game called Kemet that is now being re-released with newer revamped mechanics. And it's kind of a similar thing that they did with Brass. Like Brass originally existed as a game from, ooh, I want to say almost 10 to 20 years ago, somewhere in between that. Um, And then they re-released Brass just in 2017 and 2018. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what's happening with Kemet. And it's got a lot of buzz because I think people have played the game and they know that they like it already, and therefore a lot of people are really excited about it. So that one's kind of like the first one that's on my list. It's not really, like, I don't know much about it, and I didn't want to really look into it, because if you want to find out about it, all you have to do is literally go on to Board Game Geek, and I think it's the top hot board game right now. So go ahead and look that up. Uh, one, The one that I am going to talk about first that I am actually extremely excited for, and this one is also on the hot list of Board Game Geek, but I'm actually extremely excited for this, is called Mariposa, or Mariposa's. It means butterfly, I believe, in Spanish. Yeah, that's how I know what it is. <laughs> yeah, and it is um, it is a board game about the monarch migration. Oh, I'm interested in this. Yeah, so it, it's actually, it's kind of like a, it's not a worker placement, but it is a, um, I want to say set collection and set building based on area control. There, there's a map, and from what it looks like, you're trying to set up different butterflies to fly in different areas, and it looks interesting. The reason I'm the most interested in this game, though, the reason that this is one of my games that I'm extremely excited about is because the designer is Elizabeth Hargrave. Oh, Wingspan! Yeah, so <gasps> right now, like, I I don't have, like, right now, I think, like, there are a couple publishers that I pay attention to. I think the only designer that I really pay attention to, or I've got, like, three designers. I've got Gabe Barrett, which I pay attention to. Jamie Stegmeyer. I've got Jamie Stegmeyer, and now I have Elizabeth Hargrave. So <laughs> uh, these are really, like... So when I saw, I like, I actually saw a post. It was like, oh, Mariposa coming out. And I was like, wow, that looks awesome. Butterflies, sounds neat. And then I was like, it's by Elizabeth Hargrave. Which means it's probably amazing. <laughs> like, as soon as I can pre-order that game, it's happening. Although, like, I feel like her first game, like, Wingspan is so good that she set such a high bar for herself. Like, what if other things don't live up to it? You know what? Even if it's not as good as Wingspan, I still am just extremely excited about it. I like the concept of it. Like I said, it's about the migration of the monarch butterflies, and I think that's a cool concept. I also like that Elizabeth is doing another nature-based game. Yeah, I was gonna say that too. I actually, I think I looked her up, and I believe that she has some sort of biology degree. Like, I think it's part of her, like, education, so... That's cool. I think it's really interesting to see that she's doing this with it, Mm -hmm. and I think that's awesome. Because... Like, there's so many cool facts that people would learn from playing, like, people who aren't birders would learn about birds from playing Wingspan. Yeah. And maybe there's more interesting things that they can learn about ecology and about butterflies from Mariposa when it comes out. Mm-hmm. So, um, by the way, in Spanish, is it Mariposa? Yes. Okay, yeah, because there's an S on the end. I just assumed it was silent. Oh, no, if there's an S on the end, then you say it. Oh, okay. Mariposas. Mariposas. Okay. That was a weird, that was a wrong <laughs> inflection. Mariposas. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> the pop filter. That's not the pop filter, that's volume. My turn? Yeah, what's what's your first one? 
Okay, well, I actually have a few honorable mentions. These, uh, I'm going to mention three books that are coming out, but I don't want to go really in-depth with these because they're very popular, and I think a lot of people know about them. Hmm. That's why I'm not going to... I'll just give you the bare minimum. Uh, so the first one is The Hand on the Wall by Maureen Johnson, and that one's actually coming out this month. It's coming out on January 21st, so it will be out a week after this podcast episode. Okay. It is the final book in the Truly Devious series. I talked about the first book on episode seven. Mm. It's the one where Stevie Bell goes to Allingham Academy and she's trying to so solve the murders. Yes, you were telling me about this book. It's... I was interested in this book. Yeah. I was very I, interested in this book. I want to read the second one, but this is the last one. Comes okay. out this month. Okay. Very exciting. Mm -hmm. And then, like I said, when I was talking about uh, Before the Devil Breaks You, The King of Crows by Libba Bray, which is the final book in the Diviners series, comes out on February 4th. Mm -hmm. So that's another big one that's coming out right away here. And then the last one, and this one had like a really big following, I guess. <laughs> like, there was a lot of news when this one came out because it's okay. part of a franchise. Oh, okay. Uh, the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes by Suzanne Collins comes out on May 19th. This is the one, it's a prequel to The Hunger Games. Oh, uh, I was like, why do I recognize Suzanne Collins? I was yeah. like... So it's set, it starts on the morning of the reaping for the 10th Hunger Games. Yes. So and I've like, heard about this. We've yeah. talked about this at some point. Yeah, I'm excited to see what it's about. I'm hoping, though, that it's not like a fan pandering, like just adding to the series for the sake of adding to the series yeah. because it was really popular. Well, I think it is kind of fan pandering, if only because like we were introduced to some previous victors. Yeah, that's true. Do you know what I mean? In the original series. I don't know that we'll meet those victors, though. because this. So? Well, no, because isn't this um, in the Hunger Games trilogy? It's the 75th Hunger Games. This is the 10th. So it's 65 years in the past. Oh my gosh, I was not understanding the difference there. Like, I don't know that we'll actually know any of the victors, because oh. I don't know that any of them were still alive. Well, that is really cool, because, I mean, we talk about, like, I think the Hunger Games series was kind of like the... When I think of the Hunger Games now, I, I kind of automatically just think, like, oh yeah, it's another dystopian future Ooh. but then then i'm like literally this is kind of the thing that started the trend of dystopian future it which is now a thing so yeah the they, hunger games like they are good trend. books you know what i mean like they they're good books from what i remember i read all of them which is a weird thing because i read them before we were dating yeah um, no i love the series uh yeah i, think I wrote it, my uh, grade 12 diploma on the hunger games <laughs> that is cute yeah i got wrote like, a diploma exam on this yeah i did i got like 95 percent. that's great nice <laughs> i wrote about the symbolism of rue's name and i don't know some other stuff i can't remember that's cool yeah anyway those are my honorable mentions you can, so you what's can... your no what's your first in-depth one? Oh, okay so i'm gonna go chronologically with these in-depth ones so starting oh, nearest to I have me. to, I am, mine are in no order <laughs> at all. <laughs> okay, well, I wanted to be organized, so. <laughs> so on February 4th, there is a book coming out called Cracked Up To Be by Courtney Summers. So there's a book called Sadie. It is a young adult novel about a girl whose sister died and she thinks her sister 
was murdered, and so she kind of goes on her own journey to find out what happened to her sister. Mm. And it was kind of a, like, it's a really cool book because half of it is written as a podcast from this guy who's, like, following her, and there's actually an audio element to the book where you can look up the podcast and listen to it while you read. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and I actually didn't listen to the podcast. I feel like I missed out because everyone's like, oh, this is so good. Yeah. But I don't know if uh, Cracked Up to Be has the same kind of thing. I haven't heard. But this one, um, it's about a, scare quotes, good girl named Parker Fadley who starts to drink and fail all her classes. So her parents put her on suicide watch, but she's trying to avoid everyone's attention and she doesn't want to feel anything at all. Nobody knows what happened to make her act like this. And all we know is that she blames herself for something bad that happened. Mm. So there are clearly, I mean, Sadie was the same way. There are some really dark themes and it tackles some hard issues. Like, Sadie tackles, like, sexual assault and harassment and murder. Yeah. So it is quite a difficult book to read, and I think this one is going to be the same. Yeah. But it was so good. Like, I read Sadie... I think I read it in one evening. I picked it up and couldn't put it down. Wasn't Sadie one of the ones that came in in the book box? Yes, I got it from a book box. Yeah. Yeah, so that one is coming out on February 4th. That is Cracked Up To Be by Courtney Summers. That's very cool. Okay. So my next board game on my list of things coming out this year is on the list because of the art. I actually have to mention, though, first of all, Mariposas. The artist for Mariposas is Canadian. Really? So Elizabeth Hargrave, Canadian artist. Sounds like one that is going to stay in the collection, if only because of those amazing things. And I'm expecting great things because it because of Wingspan. Because uh-huh. it's Elizabeth Hargrave. So I'm just super excited for it. Okay, so what about the art on this game? This art is... Uh, I don't actually know the artist. I've heard... I recognize the artist. But I don't... Off the top of my head right now, I cannot remember what else this person has done. Their name is Ian O'Toole. And this game is called Ride the Rails. Is this a train game? This is a train game. It is a pick up and deliver and stock holding game. I don't know how to explain it. Like the point of the game is that you are building routes kind of like Ticket to Ride, except I don't know how that actually works. It might not be actually laying down the trains. But the more precedent part of it is you're trying to deliver people like there are people who want to ride your trains. Hmm. And you're actually trying to get them to ride in a specific way or to a specific place. So it's less about the actual building of the train route and more about the people riding your rails. And you pick this based on the art? I pick this based on the art. I'm going to show you right now. I believe this is actually like a soft sequel to a game that came out in 2015. Although I don't remember the name. I'm going to have to show you that one though, Brenna, because that one I believe is set in Scotland. Um, But this one is set in America and it's called Ride the Rails. I'm going to show Brenna the art right now. It kind of like, it's just, it's beautiful. That looks like, like, um, what's that game we saw in the store the other day with the leaves We falling? saw Bosk. Bosk, yeah, is what it was called. Yeah, that's yeah. what it looks like. You know, fun fact, <laughs> Bosk is another one that was has art by that Canadian artist who's doing Mariposa. Oh, really? Yes. Huh. Let me see who the artist is. Matt Paquette. Ian O'Toole, though, I recognize the name. Anyways, Ride the Rails, I'm excited for, if only for the art. Also excited for it because it's a two to five player game that my family will be interested in that is not Ticket to Ride. I, I think I have like a personal, not a vendetta, but like a personal mission to find a train game that is not Ticket to Ride that my family is interested in. Uh, Your family is literally like, they're so obsessed with train games. <laughs> I don't know if it's like, I don't know. If, like, I, I think it's a self-fulfilling prophecy now because I keep looking for train games because I know they like train games, <laughs> but I don't want to play Ticket to Ride. 
Like, I, I'm, I'm not, I don't know if I hate Ticket to Ride as much as I used to, but, like, I just want a game that is not Ticket to Ride. Yeah, that's Snowdonia, Snowdonia is really fun, but it can also be pretty long. This one here is a shorter game. I think it says maximum 60 minutes. So it's a shorter game. It's about people riding your rails and the art looks great. So I'm interested in it. Um, and it's based in America. Do you know what the release date is? I do not know what the release date of any of these are. I believe it is... Oh, it just says, like, they're coming out in 2020? Yeah, I, I think there is a way for me to find out if I went were to go on to Board Game Geek. I had a list earlier that was showing me that, but it was only by quarter anyways. Oh, okay. I don't think any of them have official release dates yet that I, I know see. of. Yeah, so that's oh. my next one that I'm excited about. Um, and then I'm going to throw in another one of my kind of honorable mentions here. And that honorable mention is for a game called Return to Dark Tower. Is this a sequel? Yes. No. When I was looking at it, it looks like it is. There was a game called, I believe it was actually called Return to Dark Tower. Okay. And this is a re-release of that game. I don't believe that this is a sequel. This is an honorable mention um, because I don't know almost anything about it. The only thing that I do know about it is that I was looking at the pictures for the board game. And there's literally a giant dark tower. Like, I don't know if this is based off of the Stephen King dark tower. Do mm -hmm. you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. 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 Okay. I don't know if this is actually based off of that, but there is literally a giant dice tower that is a d black Ooh. dark tower in the middle of the thing that you roll your dice down. And it looks really cool. What is it about dice towers that is so attractive? I don't know. Just, you know, like a person, doesn't matter the gender, walks in and they've got a big dice tower. And I'm like, mm. oh my gosh. <laughs> I like big dice in a can a lot. Yo, other people is okay, getting... Stop. Okay, fine. Stop. All right. The other reason why this is on my list is not just because of that cool dice tower and that I saw that it was called Dark, Dark Tower, but because the lead designer on this is Isaac Childress. And Who you is? don't know what board game he's designed, but you love it. You what love is it? it. Maybe your top game of all time, Brenna. Gloomhaven? Yes. Ah. The designer of Gloomhaven is also the designer of this Dark Tower, which is why it's on here. I see. I'm very excited for it. So you do pay attention to more designers than you said you did? Uh, you know, I don't pay attention to designers, but now because I was trying to do this, I had to pay attention to designers because, I mean, how else do you narrow down the search for all the board games that are coming out other I than suppose. publishers and designers? And I was like, oh, well, this looks interesting. It's designed by the same designer as Gloomhaven. Might as well. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I am definitely excited for the return to Dark Tower, which is coming out in 2020. I believe it's coming out late 2020, though, because there's very little information for this one. Okay. So what's your next? My next 2020 release is one that I've actually read. I was lucky enough to get a ARC of this book. That means an advanced release copy that I got to review. Yes. So thank you, Simon & Schuster Canada, for that. This is called Of Curses and Kisses by Sandhya Menon. It is from... Well, it's going to be the first in a series called St. Rosetta's Academy. This book comes out on February 18th. It is loosely based on Beauty and the Beast, like mm. very loosely. It's a very contemporary take on Beauty and the Beast. Mm. So it's about this girl named Princess Jaya Rao. Like she's actually a princess in India. She's dedicated wholeheartedly to her family, like her loyalty to her family is almost a fault. Uh, when the heir of a rival family called the Emersons rubs dirt on the Rao name by spreading slander about Jaya's sister, Jaya sets out for revenge. 
So she and her sister escape the drama of, like, this whole thing that has happened by mm-hmm. attending an elite boarding school called St. Rosetta's Academy. But the Emerson heir, a boy named Gray, also happens to attend that academy. And Jaya decides that to get her revenge, she's going to make Gray fall in love with her and then break his heart. Mm. So this is, like, clearly a YA <laughs> romance book. Yeah. Very geared towards a certain audience. So you've read this. I have. Hang on, though, I'm not done. Oh, okay. <laughs> because only part of the story is from Jaya's perspective. The other part is from Gray's. He's the Emerson heir. Gray is simply trying to survive under the weight of a curse that the Rao family put on the Emersons generations ago. Okay. And as he gets to know Jaya, he becomes fixated on this ruby pendant that she wears, convinced that it signals his doom. Mm. And the pendant is in the shape of a rose, and that's kind of where the Beauty and the Beast thing comes in. Yeah. Yeah. So this is like, this wasn't my favorite book. Okay. I gave it three stars because I do think it's good. It just wasn't quite what I was expecting. Well, it's also not exactly your genre. Like, romance for you is kind of hit or miss all the time. And yeah. Then especially, like, young adult romance. I don't know. Well, I have been reading more romance books lately. A lot of them have been adult, but I read a lot of YA romance as well. Mm. Like, uh, Sandhya Menon, the author who does this book, also wrote When Dimple Met Rishi, which is another YA romance, and I loved that one. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, so you liked Dimple Met Rishi, but this one here, what was the name again? This is of Curses and Kisses. Thank you. This one just didn't have quite the same depth. Okay. In my opinion. I don't know, it's still good. Like, it's a cute story about royal teenagers navigating through royal politics and their own identities, and it's really easy to read. Mm-hmm. It's fun, because it's like a posh boarding school, like a rich kid's boarding school. Yeah. And I also like the characters, especially Jaya's sister Isha, because she's got a lot of attitude, like she's really sassy. Yeah. So that was fun. Okay. I also really like some of the characters have good character growth. Mm-hmm. And do you remember in our Pet Peeves episode, I talk about how I don't like catty women yeah (laughs) like i don't like it when there's like mean girls and they're mean to each other for the sake of being mean yes this book is really good about that because there is drama in it that could have gone that direction but didn't it resolved really nicely okay and like didn't you say there was like a supernatural element to it that just kind of like fell flat for you or like yeah that's the part i didn't like okay so i liked most of this other stuff and i really liked it Like, it's also a really good book for winter, because there's, like, a cute small town, it's set in winter, and there's a winter ball and a snowball fight. Cute. Awesome. Yeah. So fans of winter. Yes. Nice. But, yeah, the mystical aspects of the book I found a little bit unbelievable. Okay. Like, the book itself felt too firmly rooted in reality for me to enjoy that part of it. Like, it was hard to buy into the magic of the curse. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, that was the part that kind of made it not great, and I think... It drew on for a long time. Like, the book could have been shorter. Hmm. There are kind of two parts to the book, and I think the first part is a lot longer than it needs to be. Hmm. But I also read it really fast, so that could have kind of skewed my vision of it. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, I did like it enough to read the second one when it comes out, because I want to see where the story goes. Yeah. So Um, overall, good characters, good character development, fun tropes, but just kind of maybe not all the themes were the best it was just i think it was a little bit too fluffy okay for my tastes okay but yeah cool. it's still a good book so keep an eye out for it when it comes out Mm-hmm. Okay. and what are your next releases okay so i kind of have two more here one of them is 
I think I've talked about it on the podcast before, and it's still here because it still hasn't come out yet, so yeah. When it comes in, we'll never know, but this game is called Tidal Blades. It is a worker placement dice pool collecting game. Wait, are you, like, it comes out this year? It is coming out this year. Oh, okay, yeah. But you've already ordered it. Yeah, we we backed it on Kickstarter a while ago. I think we backed it on Kickstarter late 2018. Wow. <laughs> um, so it's been it's been a while for this game, board game. But I'm still really excited about this game. This game has a lot of elements that I really like. It has dice pool collecting and worker placement. Unlike in Black Angel, where you are actually placing your dice around and using the numbers that they have to your advantage... This one is you place your worker around the board as you are trying to do things. And while you are doing that, you can increase your stats. So you actually have different character stats, kind of like a role-playing game. Interesting. And for each thing in that stat, at the end of the round, you're going to essentially fight a monster. There's like a day phase and a night phase. Oh, I and remember you talking about yeah, this. Yeah, and during the night, you end up fighting a monster. And I don't I don't know if that's completely cooperative or if that is... um. A thing that you have to send yourself to do, but you earn different dice and different uh, bonuses for how your stats are set up. And there's also a little bit of resource management in there as well. I've talked about this on like my favorite settings episode because it's an island setting and it's like an island tournament setting mm-hmm. and it's just really cool. I'm really excited about the world, the world that they've built for it. Um, I believe this one is by Druid City Games. Looks incredible. So I hope that comes out this year. I don't know when it's coming out. So that's your... That's an honorable mention? That's kind of like an honorable mention. I didn't want to dedicate too much time to it. The other one that I have on here is another one that you can find on Board Game Geek. It was on the hot for like two days there because I've been doing a lot of research for this. For a hot second. Yeah, it was on hot for a hot second. And this one is called Tekemu Obelisk of the Sun. Ooh, that just makes me think of N.K. Jemisin. (laughs) (laughs) N.K. Jemisin's the fifth season? Um. Takemu is a Egyptian building game. I'm intrigued. So I was immediately intrigued because the main object of this game is you are contracted by a pharaoh to build him different wonders. Oh. Another part of this game that is interesting to me, you know, I feel like I feel so dumb because I think earlier on the podcast, I think I was like, I don't like dice in board games. I don't like dice rolling. It's not my favorite. I think I, I think every board game that I really like has some form of dice rolling in it, except for Gloomhaven, which has a deck which replaces the dice. Uh, I guess Terravori Mars doesn't have dice in it. But anyways, I like dice games, I guess. Tekemu has more of this pool building aspect where you're collecting these dice and using them again as workers to gain things. And the interesting thing about this game is... Man, it has it has a very complicated round system. It's like there's two rounds that add up to this. And once you get to that phase, then there's two of those phases add up to another phase. It's like I, I was on the Board Game Geek page and it looked super complicated just in that little round thing. And I was like, eh. Does it have a complex rating? It doesn't have a complex rating, but that's because it hasn't been released at all to the public yet. But that did in itself make me a little bit apprehensive for this. Mm-hmm. I'm still excited about it because it has that dice rolling aspect. It has that worker placement aspect. And it's about building things, which I'm really excited about. I was watching a video where they were talking about how... So the way it works is during the draft, like the dice phase, one color of dice, I believe there's four colors of dice or maybe three, and one of the colors of dice will become forbidden. And therefore, no one can draft that die. Oh. But then there's like... There's like three sorts of um, classifications. Classifications is what we're going to call them. There's three classifications of dice. There's the tainted dice, the cleansed dice, and then there's the forbidden dice. 
And if you, you cannot take a forbidden dice, you can take a tainted dice, but it does have an effect on you if you take too many tainted dice. And then you can take cleansed dice, and cleansed dice have no downside to them, no matter how many you take. If you take a tainted dice, though, you have to take a cleansed dice in order to balance it. Okay. To maintain balance. And I believe you're building things and making offerings to gods, um, is how it works, like Egyptian gods. Hmm. This game just looks interesting to me. I think it also has a tower in it. Like a big dice tower that you roll all the dice down. So that's also attractive to me because, you know, I like big dice towers and I cannot lie. <laughs> um, so that's kind of my two there. Nice. Yeah. What's your next book? My next book comes out on April 7th. Okay. It is called The Subtweet by Vivek Shreya. Aha! Mm -hmm. And we know Vivek Shreya because I've studied her books in school and we went to a reading last year. Yeah, last year. It's now 2020. It is now 2020. <laughs> last decade. Yeah, last decade. Um, I went to a reading for her release of, what was it? Oh, of I'm Afraid of Men. No, it was not I'm Afraid of Men. No, you that was already I'm out. I'm Afraid of Men from, from that reading. But while we were there, it was called Death Threat. And it is oh, a right. graphic novel. Oh, right. It was novel. a graphic novel release. Yes. I remember that now. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Vivek Shreya actually has quite a few things out. Uh, she's got a book called God Loves Hair. She's got another one, I think is poetry, called Even This Page is White. Like, there are a lot of really interesting and different types of books that she's published. I just thought about that title. What? Even This Page is White. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. It's very political. <laughs> um, so this is a YA novel. I think it's YA. I don't know. Anyway, it's called The Subtweet. She's also very interested in media, and she's a musician, so that's kind of some background for this. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to read the Goodreads blurb, because I think it does a much better job than I could ever do of describing what this book is about. Everyone talks about falling in love, but falling in friendship can be just as captivating. When Neela Devaki's song is covered by internet-famous artist Rukmini, the two musicians meet and a transformative friendship begins. But as Rukmini's star rises and Neela's stagnates, jealousy and self-doubt creep in. With a single tweet, their friendship implodes, one career is destroyed, and the two women find themselves at the center of an internet firestorm. Celebrated multidisciplinary artist Vivek Shreya's second novel is a stirring examination of making art in the modern era, a love letter to brown women, an authentic glimpse into the music industry, and a nuanced exploration of the promise and peril of being seen. Hmm. And I didn't even know she had another book coming out, so I'm really excited. That is cool. That's exciting. It sounds really intense, but it also sounds really interesting. What were those things again? Sorry, it was a love letter to brown women, an authentic look at the music industry, music industry, and a nuanced exploration of the promise and peril of being seen. Is it fiction or is it nonfiction? Sorry, I feel it's like it's fiction. I'm, yeah, that's cool. It's fiction, but I mean, <clears throat> there are clearly things in here that have been drawn from her actual life. Yeah, I think that that may be true. It sounds like a cool book. Yeah. Vivek has such a sharp knife, like a scalpel, a scalpel that she takes to just society. Oh, so yeah. I would be interested in it if only because her political commentary is really interesting to me. Mm -hmm. But uh, I mean, a fiction book sounds awesome, too. Yeah. I don't know where I'm going with this now. I just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm excited for that one. Cool. What is your next release? Okay. So you have one more? I to... do. I have one more that's quite short because there's nothing really out there about it. Okay. I'm going to give two at the same time then. Okay. Go for it. Because I've also talked about one of these before as well. I am really excited for... I, just a little shout out. We've talked about it before. Wavelength. I don't know if you count this as a 2019 or a 2020 release. Technically, it's already out for the people in the U.S. 
has not arrived for anyone in anywhere else yet. Yeah, but so it's shipped now, right? So it has. It did ship it. this week. Yay! So I'm super excited for that. It gives me Codenames vibes because, like, I I've learned more about how it actually works now. It gives me strong Codenames vibes because it's it's about coming up with effective clues, and I think it gives me Codenames vibes because of the fact that like people are gonna give clues that people are gonna be like, that's not true at all. Like this is not <laughs> at all like like it'll be like hot, not hot, and someone's it's, gonna like, say super interactive. Yeah, it, like someone's gonna be like the clue giver though is gonna be like hot, not hot, coffee, and then like that's like a medium hot thing. Like that's pretty hot, and then someone's gonna be like the face of the sun. You know what I mean? Like like that's the kind of like there's a lot of ambiguity there. <laughs> if that makes sense and I think that that'll just create some interesting fun times so I think it's going to be a great party game the other game that I'm really excited for that is coming out this year is ah uh, yes okay this is a game called The Great Wall I think I've heard of this yes because I backed it on Kickstarter and I talked to you about it oh <laughs> This okay, is, it makes sense now. Yes, this is a game by Awakened Realms. It is a worker placement game. I don't want to say cooperative because it's not cooperative, but you do have to work together kind of just like in Black Angel where if no one works, say I haven't actually given an example of Black Angel for people on this podcast. When we do a review of Black Angel, uh, if we do one, I will go in depth of it. It's so complicated that I don't have time for it right now. But for you, Brenna, kind of like in Black Angel, when things damage the ship, you have to kind of all work together to stop it, even mm-hmm. though you're competing against each other. Yeah. So the whole premise of the the Great Wall is that you are people from China building the Great Wall of China, and the Mongoli- Mongolians are already attacking. It's very interesting because you have workers and then you also have warriors and it actually gives me champions of midgard vibes interesting except there's no dice so that's good for you um because you just your workers have a set amount of power and it's literally set up the same way that champions of midgard is as well like just not quite as random yeah there's a worker placement area and then there's the beyond the wall where it literally on the art of the board it shows like a raised part of the city and then you're building the wall in between it and on the other side, there are hordes of enemies that show up and you have to fight. And then there's this sort of other aspect of the game where together you're trying to, well, first of all, you're trying to be the best general, but there's only so many people that you can send to fight these hordes of enemies. But as the game progresses, you actually build 3D pieces of the wall and set them on there and it increases the number of people that you can send to fight hmm. or you can set up to go fight as the hordes come on. So it gives me kind of Champions of Midgard vibes, except there's less dice rolling. So I think that you're going to be really interested in this one. I'm really interested in this one, if only because it's worker placement and it has a little bit of a combat in it. And I I like a little bit of combat in my games. And this one isn't versus other players. So I think it's going to be fun. So those are my, those are two more. And then I have two more after this. So you have two more. I did a lot of research. I had to, I really had to, and I didn't want to cop out and be like these board games that I've already talked about on the podcast. You know what I mean? I pared my list down. Yeah. Yeah. Because there are so many book releases I could talk about. Well, I wanted to talk about board games that people might not have heard of and some board games that like I'm just in general excited about mm-hmm. you know what I mean like I am excited about every board game on this list but okay. there were a lot of board games well I only have one more book and I know like nothing about it so that's okay it's called out now queer we go again <laughs> yeah it's pretty great that's pretty great <laughs> it's edited by Sandra Mitchell this is a sequel to all out which is a anthology of queer stories for young adults okay So this is another anthology. I like their punny titles. I know. (laughs) 
This is an anthology of queer stories by queer authors, and I'm actually going to be reviewing this one because the publisher sent me an ARC, so I will hopefully be reviewing that soon. I need to read it first, but... Okay. Yeah, I'm excited for it because I really like the last one, so... Yeah, cool. Yeah. That sounds like a great premise. Like, is it a... Sorry. So the first one was an anthology. They're both anthologies of short stories. Okay. And you you read the first one. I did. Tell us a little bit more about it. Like, have you talked about it on the podcast already? No, I read it, like, a long time before okay. we started the podcast. Do you remember what you rated it? Uh, I think it was, like, a four out of five stars, awesome. maybe. I find it hard to rate story anthologies that are from a like short stories that are from a bunch of different authors oh absolutely because the styles are also different and yeah. some of them can be like complete stars and other ones can be misses yeah so but i just remember enjoying that anthology overall that's cool so i think this one will be good as yeah. well because it's the same editor i think different authors though yeah but it, i don't know that sounds fun though yeah like and i think that's a I don't, like, obviously it's still important to create queer lit. I think that the market is kind of catching up to it now and people are actually starting to adopt queer lit generally, but I still think it's cool that there's more queer lit coming out. I don't know if that makes sense. Like, yeah, I I think that's fun. Also, I said lit as in literary. No, queer lit, like literature. Literature. That's a... I said literary. (laughs) Ugh. No, literally, that's how I talk about school, though. Like can lit canadian lit no i know that's I a know. that's a like, legit thing to say i feel like literature not literary ugh. i feel like literature like has like some connotations with it like oh it's very high class oh i don't know anyways i guess well if you say literary fiction it does sound a little bit pretentious yeah but i'm excited for queer lit though yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to get lit with queer no okay i'm gonna stop all right uh <laughs> Just, yeah. Brenna just, just shakes her head at me. Okay. I have two more board games to talk about. The first one I have already talked about on the on the podcast, and this is called Hunted. It is by Gabe Barrett. I am excited for it because it is by Gabe Barrett. I am also <laughs> excited for it because it is a solo game, and we had the chance to play a game that my uncle owned called Unbroken. And we talked about that when we talked about Hunted. Exactly. And I'm just really excited for this. I did look in more to, like, I kind of really did an in-depth look into it. This looks, it looks like a really solid system, and there's two versions of the game that you are going to be able to get. The one is a dexterity game, and the other one is a dice rolling game. Gabe Barrett likes his dexterity games. He does. He does. I think he, I think he also notices that there might be, like, a little bit of a gap in the market Mm -hmm. of dexterity games that are not, I don't know, dexterity games are hit and miss, I think. So I think Well, dexterity games that are more complex. Yeah. And I think that's the, the that idea to me is so unique like a, a complex dexterity game to me it sounds like something that would frustrate me immensely but i think what he's done with uh final Frontier and hopefully what he's done with hunted when we do eventually receive this is something that there is a dexterity element to it but it's also it's not to the point where it ruins your game if you're horrible at dexterity yeah because like a strategy dexterity game just sounds like this is the worst. Like, worst possible. Like, I have to be smart and good with my hands. Wait, what? No, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> take that out of context. Anyways. Okay, so the next the next board game that I have, uh, now that I spend too much time on all my honorable mentions, is a game called Almanac Dragon Road. So this board game is really interesting to me because it is made by a man named Scott Elms. Scott Elms. Many people who are really interested in board games might recognize that as the, I believe he was the designer of 
every legacy game out to date. <laughs> no, that's not true. But he did design Pandemic Legacy, Pandemic Season 2 Legacy. Uh, like, I, I think it was all the Pandemic Legacy games. He designed Risk Legacy. He was kind of the guy that made legacy games a thing. Like, they weren't really a thing until Scott Alms did it. Okay. This is not a legacy game, though. This is something that I... The reason I'm interested in this is it's called... Well, he's calling it a series of games called Almanac. And they all have a book in it, kind of like Near and Far or Above and Below. Okay, like a choose-your-own-adventure type deal? Kind of, except more like the Near and Far part where it's literally a map that you flip the page on as you move across. Okay. The first one is called Dragon Road, and it is about being a caravan of traders who are going to a city called the Dragon City. And... Every round, you actually flip the page and play another round of worker placement, collecting resources, earning points. This appeals to me. Yeah. So every so you start out, and the first area on the map is, or on in the book and the almanac, is base camp, and it's just the camp of merchant traders. And you kind of start out, and you have a couple starting resources. You can go to collect more resources. You can go to the other guilds, and then you flip the page, and it's you're on the road now. You can send out your people, and there are new worker placement rules every time you flip a page. So I'm excited about this because it seems like he's going for legacy gameplay experience, but not legacy gameplay time, like not sessions. Like you experience something different and it changes every round, which is kind of what happens with a lot of legacy games. There's something slightly different. Is this the one you wrote that your dad would hate? Yeah, I wrote down (laughs) that my dad would hate this because... uh, He doesn't like changing rules. He hates it when there are new things introduced. He really did not like Charterstone when we played it because he said that there were too many new things happening and he'd probably hate this too. I just looked it up, actually. I looked up Almanac and there are actually two games coming out this year, possibly, under the Almanac series. So there's Almanac dragon road and then there is also one that has not that has no art for it oh no it has a cover art it's the same cover art but different color palette and this one is called almanac crystal peaks and both of them this is ambitious already having two out in a series yeah i think i think like neither of them have been released i think it looks interesting i'm excited for it yeah, I'm just excited for it because it's a new experience, a new type of work worker placement. I don't think I've played a game that flips the page every time, but I've I've thought about games kind of like that, except like I had a board game design once in my mind where instead of flipping and moving to a new area, you'd flip and it was a new season. Kind of like the flip boards from... From Keeper. Yeah, but in a book form. Anyways, I think it looks great. I'm excited to see how Scott Alms does this. His name holds weight in the board game community, so I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah, it sounds innovative. I'm interested in it. I, I'm taking, this is a little bit of a sidetrack now. Um, I'm taking a innovation, corporate innovation class this semester. <laughs> My prof, really incredible prof. I can't believe that he's teaching me. This prof has a British accent. And so when he says innovative, he says innovative. And it just <laughs> sounds so... <laughs> It sounds so, like, I don't think my prof is ever going to listen to this. It sounds so sexy. It's so good. (laughs) I really hope that he never listens to this podcast. (laughs) It's like, I've never heard someone say innovative, and it sounds just so attractive. Like, innovative. And it's amazing. Anyways, um, that is now going to be on the internet forever, so I'm glad that I did that. (laughs) Oh, what is this podcast? What am I doing with my life? Okay. Yeah, that's myself in. That's everything that I was excited about for this year. <laughs> Do you have anything more? Uh, no. 
Nope. So those are all our 2020 releases. If there's something coming out that you guys are really excited about, please let us know. You can tell us on our Instagram or Twitter at The Hobby Shelf. Mm-hmm. Or if you like have a giant list or something like that for us, you can email us at thehobbyshelfpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. So this week, instead of doing recommendations of the week, we're looking for kind of feedback on The Hobby Shelf. Mm-hmm. We've now done... What is it? We're on episode 16. So we've done 15 episodes before this. Mm-hmm. And 14 of them were in the last year. And we're kind of looking to maybe not take it in a new direction, but we're looking to refine the hobby shelf. So we're looking to understand what our listeners are interested in. So basically, we want you to let us know, like, what are your favorite show segments and what do you think we can do better? Are there specific things that you want us to bring in? Are there segments of the show you're just not interested in at all? We just want listener feedback so we can get better at podcasting. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that we're looking to do is next week, we're going to be doing a two, like a review episode. So we're going to review a book and we're going to review a board game or we're going to go in depth on that. And we'd like to know what you guys think of that, I guess. And also if there's anything specific you want us to review, like if there is a specific book or a specific board game that you really like that you'd like us to talk about, we would love to know what that is. Yeah. And maybe we can make that happen. 100%. On that note, we would like to incorporate a section where we talk about listener recommendations. So please start sending us your recs so that we can, you know, give you a shout out and introduce people to even more books and board games that are outside of our little bubble. We've been getting more interest going on on our Instagram right now. So we might make a post asking for feedback on that or suggestions on that. But you're welcome to email us and we just like to know what people are interested in. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for listening to episode 16 of The Hobby Shelf. We hope you enjoyed it, and we would greatly appreciate if you would click that subscribe button and leave us a review so other people can find us. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at The Hobby Shelf. You can send us an email at thehobbyshelfpodcast at gmail.com. And you can also find us at brennadaviesediting.com slash thehobbyshelf. All of the books and games that we mentioned today will be in the show notes along with our recommendations, or I guess those aren't there this week. We are grateful to record this podcast on the traditional territories of the Blackfoot Confederacy, the Sutina, the Stony Nakoda Nations, the Métis Nation of Region 3, and all people who make their homes in the Treaty 7 region of Southern Alberta where we live, play, and work. Listen to our next episode where we change things up a bit and we're going to now do a review episode of Ninth House and Everdell. Remember, keep expanding your shelf.